Hello and welcome to Nintendo Nightly, your Monday through Friday podcast source for everything Nintendo. My name is Michael Cottrell, your host. And before we jump into the show today, just one last reminder, we got about three or four hours left on this. The SNES Classic Edition giveaway is still happening. So if you're interested, check out the links in the description. It'll explain everything there. I'm sick of promoting this, but I hope that whoever wins and will announce the winners tomorrow, I hope you guys enjoy it. The collection of these games is fantastic. The emulation is great. It's an awesome product to have. Don't sell it. Please don't. Please don't do that. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. So anyway, let's jump into the show here. We got some bits of news for you. I want to talk first about a game called Tiny Metal. You may not have heard of this because this is coming from Sony's music division's publishing arm called Unties? 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 I'm going to say Unties, maybe? The thought behind the publication service is that they would be a publisher that exists to give the developers that they choose to give funding to freedom from the usual politics that come with it. The exclusives, the season passes, the DLC, the microtransactions, all those things. Give the developers freedom to make the kind of game that they want to make. And so we see, um, sort of inadvertently, a subsidiary of Sony subsidiary making a game for Nintendo Switch. It's kind of cool to see those companies play so close to each other, especially after the tumultuous history that they've had with one another. If you're interested in that, check out, you know, Nintendo's relationship with Sony and how that has been wrecked over the years. The game, by the way, is a turn-based strategy game, sort of resembling Advance Wars. If you've been hungry for that type of game, there's also, I think, another title by Chucklefish that's coming out that's similar to those sort of systems. But this game is coming out. It's got a cute kind of 3D graphic style with 2D character uh, animation styles that blend together in kind of a, a weird way, but it looks a little bit different than your run-of-the-mill game, and I think it looks kind of cool. So if you're interested, check that out on November 21st when that releases on Nintendo Switch. Holiday season is upon us, so Nintendo is marketing the crap out of their games. First starting with the Fire Emblem Warriors launch trailer. Now this game is coming out next, this Friday on October 20th, and it is a blend between the Dynasty Warriors or Musou games with the Fire Emblem franchise. So it's essentially Dynasty Warriors with a coat of Fire Emblem paint. I've heard that this one is supposed to be a little more complex than Hyrule Warriors and bring in some of the strategy elements of Fire Emblem into the, the series, but I don't think it's going to be very deep or very interesting. Based on the footage that I've seen following the game and playing Hyrule Warriors, I don't have high hopes at all for this game, though the critical reception does seem to be pretty warm. The game's already out in Japan, and so uh, people seem to like it there. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's fantastic, as I am a huge Fire Emblem fan. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I will say, though, that when Hyrule Warriors was coming out, I had wished that they would make this license with the Dynasty Warriors franchise because I feel like it fits a lot more. You've got a lot more characters in Fire Emblem than you do in Zelda. And so I think uh, it's nice to see this whole thing come to fruition and coming to Nintendo Switch. I feel like they're gonna miss the mark a little bit on the graphic spectrum and the performance spectrum because they're also putting this on Nintendo 3DS. And by kind of shifting development sources over there, I feel like we're gonna get a two uh, pretty good products rather than one really good one, but we'll see. Like I said, I hope it's fantastic. I plan on downloading it and giving you some impressions on Monday. In addition to that, the season pass pricing and details have been announced because of course there's a season pass. It's 2017, where have you been? 
The season pass is gonna be launching for $20, and if you buy it before October 20th, you'll get a bridal Lucina costume. Sounds like a pretty ridiculous pre-order bonus, and the season pass itself is very vague at this point. There's gonna be three packs dropping, one in December, one I think in February, and then the third one in March of 2018, and they will have uh, content that has to do with three different Fire Emblem games, but that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, they, they say new characters and maps and stuff like that, but I you, you gotta make a value proposition for yourself. I, I don't think that it'll be worth that price, but if you want more of that game, then, you know, $20 doesn't, doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. Uh, but if you're on the fence, I'd probably stay on the other side where you're not spending that money before you even know what you're getting. Those packs will also be available piecemeal, so if you're interested in one, not the other two, then you can also take that up. There was a little bit of a controversy about this, but the Japanese voice pack, if you were wondering, is in fact going to be on the game as a download available on the 20th. They, the Japanese voices were not available on review copies that have gone out to reviewers, but that's just a build of the game that wasn't complete, and so they're gonna be giving that to those who want it because the English voice acting is quite cringy. Like, very cringy, like. You two must keep going. No, I'm coming with you. Terrible. Terrible. The main thing I have to say about this is, can you believe that they almost canned the Fire Emblem series a couple years ago with Awakening? Like, Awakening was supposed to be the last Fire Emblem game if it didn't perform well, and now we've got a mobile game, we've got spin-off titles, two in the last couple years, and uh, a bunch of mainline series games. It's, it's just crazy to see the, the 180 that that series has done. Next up, we got some 3DS titles to talk about. Let's start with Mario Party Top 100. So this is a game releasing on the 10th of November, and it is a best of series of all the mini games from Mario Party games from the N64 days till now. I think there's been about 400 Mario Party games in between, so they're gonna take the mini games, the best ones out of those lot, and put them all on the 3DS. The greatest thing about this game, and my favorite feature, is that you only need one copy of the game to play four player. I always thought that was the toughest thing on, on 3DS, was getting not only four people in the same room with a 3DS, but four people in the same room with the 3DS and the specific copy of the game that you wanna play it like never happened to me. So being able to take this one around if I find someone with the system or uh, you know, I held on to my old 3DS when I bought a new one, be at least be able to play with folks that way. I love the focus of this game, just really just pinpointing what people like about Mario Party and what they find memorable, which is the mini game portion and just making that an entire game. And they've got some like decathlon stuff, they've got a best out of five and all sorts of different ways to slice that up and enjoy it. So. Kudos to them for focusing on that. I feel like it's the first it's the first Mario Party game that I've been interested in since like Mario Party 4, which like I said, there's been about 400, so that says a lot. They also announced Amiibo functionality for the title. If you have Amiibo for this game, it doesn't matter. Like it, the, 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 the scanning rewards are so dumb. Uh, if you are out of coins or you need more coins, you can scan them in there. Or if you lose your lives, you can scan them in for one more point. If you have the Goomba or Koopa Troopa one, then you can unlock some of the minigames early. I hate that you have to unlock the minigames in the first place. I feel like that's the wrong direction to go in, that this is the type of game that you want people to just pick up and play and jump right into, not have to like play through a one-player mode or play a bunch of multiplayer matches to unlock your favorite minigames. Terrible idea on that part. There should just be an unlock all button when you start the game, but you know, that's, I suppose that's just my opinion. And these Amiibo rewards are, are dumb. 
which is also my opinion. Moving on, we've got Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon coming out on the 17th of November. We got a story trailer that dropped today, uh, just detailing that this isn't the Alola that you played last year. Uh, I don't know how true that is. They're tr really trying to build this as a totally different title rather than a spin-off of an existing title. Although they have also sort of clarified that it's not a sequel, it's a different story. So if, I, I don't know how different this game is gonna be. If, uh, if it's like past Pokemon titles, it's gonna be very, very, very similar up until the very end and then it's gonna divulge into a slightly different story. Uh, and when I say slightly, I mean slightly. So if you were looking for more Pokemon, I'm sure that you're eating this up and you don't even need my opinion, you're probably gonna buy it. If not, I would probably wait and talk to some people who aren't so hot on Pokemon and just see like, you know, did they enjoy playing through the game. Sun and Moon did a lot to revitalize the series and cutting the gym concept, cutting the HM concept, which I think they took a couple steps forward and a couple steps back. The gyms that were replaced with, um, I, f I even forgot what they're called, but the, but the replacement for gyms was really kind of uninspired and silly. I mean, a lot of them were just, I'd get through them in about three minutes. So they were just like a mini game. Uh, so this game will be cool. I'm sure that it'll have its audience for those who are looking for a big meaty RPG this this year and they're not excited for Xenoblade. It'll be great for uh, those that to just dive back into Pokemon. And you know, Pokemon always has its, its allures. All that being said, I'm more excited for the Switch title that they announced and hinted at in E3. I'm sure we're really far away from that game, but that is Nintendo's true chance to really breathe some life into this series. They've never been able to truly bring it to console because it eats at the very core concept of Pokemon of being able to bring that system around and engage in community with all the other folks who are playing the game and trade with them and so on and so forth. But this gives them the opportunity to make a console game but also have it portable and retain what makes Pokemon Pokemon. So. I'm really looking forward to that game. I have huge hopes. I think I'll do a video sometime uh, on this channel or Super Sandbox about what I expect from that Pokemon game and what would truly revitalize the series and create another huge boom for the franchise. Uh, but let's talk about that sometime. I think it's really a chance for them to, to rethink like the random battle stuff, rethink how it is to train Pokemon, rethink the, the trainer's role and the customization, probably add some MMO aspects to it. So we'll see. We'll see what, what that has in store. But for now, you've got another Sun and Moon dosage coming your way. That's all for today's episode of Nintendo Nightly. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow. And to those of you who are going to win the SNES Classic Edition, congratulations early. We'll be sending that to you soon. <laughs>